Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx on transformationtalkradio.com. Welcome, welcome, Transformation Talk Radio listeners. My name is Ellen Stewart, and I am the Pushy Broad from the Bronx. Welcome to my show, Recovery Recharged, with my illustrious co-host, Dr. Pat. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have some fun today. We are. And I think we're going to need like three episodes for this guy. Wait I do, to too. Hear about this. Unbelievable. I do, too. Well... I am thrilled to talk about a subject that I think we're really going to get into because, you know, Dr. Pat, you and I talk about addiction and and that means alcohol and that means drugs. And we've had our own personal stories when it comes to that. And we've had different people on this show that have had process addictions. And one of those people is here with us today. We are talking today about gambling and the possibility of gambling addiction and whether or not gambling is indeed a mental illness. So I have brought an expert to our show today and his name is Dan Trolero. Let me tell you a little something about Dan. He is the Assistant Executive Director for the Council on Compulsive Gambling in New Jersey. He spent seven years in this kind of role. He now supervises a staff in planning prevention, outreach, and educational groups. He also does workshops, and he provides support for the community as well. He has been doing this since 2015. He's been in front of 40 different organizations and counting on this subject. And for those of you listeners, I would love you to write this down. As of the beginning of January of 21, he is now on a weekly radio show with Craig Carton on Sports Radio WFAN to discuss gambling addiction. Transformation Talk Radio listeners, please welcome to Recovery Recharged, Dan Trolero. How you doing, Dan? I'm well, Ellen. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Pat, and thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. It's a big conversation, and boy, I'll tell you, it's long overdue. It really is. is. And I know you have a lot to say, and I want you to talk about two things. First of all, Dr. Pat and I have always talked about the fact that during COVID-19 and during the pandemic, alcohol sales had risen over 500%. Everybody's drinking in isolation, doing things at home that they shouldn't be. Drugs get delivered to the front door. What's going on in the world of gambling? What have you seen post-pandemic and, and now? What's happening in the gambling world, Dan? Tell us about wow. it. Great, great question. And we, we get that question a lot. You know, we own and operate the 800 Gambler Helpline. So the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey is a long, fancy title for 800 Gambler, which is how we're better known. And so we field calls not just from New Jersey, but all around the country. 
And what we've seen as kind of common experience was that before the pandemic, you saw people calling with a variety of gambling related problems, scratch off lottery tickets, uh, in-person casino play, sports betting where it was legal as it expands. Obviously, we'll talk about that more later. But since the pandemic, as, as COVID settled in in March of 21, uh, March of 2020, and as we move through that time, we noticed an increasing number of people experimenting with online casino. So internet-based casino games, online sports betting as it started to return, even the online lottery, where you can buy tickets from your mobile device or your laptop. And now since pandemic, you just don't leave those behind as things start to open. People continue to experience gambling-related harms using the internet or using their mobile device or smartphone. In New Jersey, over 90% of all sports bets are placed on someone's mobile device. So it is now commonplace to gamble on your technology. That's unbelievable. And like you said, more and more and more. So tell us, what what's the difference between somebody that, you know, maybe buys a weekly lottery ticket or even plays a daily number and somebody that really is considered a disordered gambler? Give us the breakdown, will you? Yeah, Great. and please explain this too, because I think this is really uh, one of these conversations, Ellen, when we used to talk about early on, when we tried to explain, how do you know you've crossed the bridge from having a few cocktails to like, I can't live without a few cocktails? Because I think gambling is the same, but I'm not sure, Dan. Yeah, and, and, and great point, Dr. Pat. You're right, because you know problems exist along a continuum whether it's substance use disorder or a process addiction like gambling disorder. The diagnostic manual, DSM-5, recognized gambling as a formal disorder back in 2013. It elevated it to the same level as substance. It was called the only non-substance related disorder. So how does someone know if they're starting to have a problem? A lot of it has to come down to the fact, are, are you constantly thinking about it? You know, all that mental space that's used up in when you're preoccupied, you're thinking about the next time you're going to place a bet, the next time you're going to get that lottery ticket or bet on that event. Are you also being truthful to the people close to you? Or are you finding yourself starting to lie about your behaviors and your actions? Those are some of the telltale signs when you can start to see someone kind of falling down the path. Because to your point, Ellen, gambling is a form of entertainment that is socially acceptable. We estimate around 90% of people can gamble socially, responsibly. It's not creating a problem in their life or the lives of those around them. They're still able to, to maintain their jobs and have relationships, go to work, and they're able to function. But as you start to move along a continuum, you start to realize there are some warning signs. Maybe spending a little bit more time than they would have Maybe they're spending a little bit more money than they should. And as I mentioned before, the lying, the preoccupation. And when it continues despite the negative consequences that start to creep in, so if you're starting to have relationship issues, if you're starting to experience some, some harms associated with the gambling, and it still continues, that's when you really know you're moving into that problematic use, similar to what you would see with substance. So if you find yourself lying to your spouse about how much money you spent when you went to off-track betting or when you went to play the slots at the, at the nearest casino, then you really have to think about whether or not you have a problem. 
Yeah, and I'll, and I'll add, when we receive phone calls to 800 Gambler, we receive not just phone calls from people who are struggling with an addiction to gambling, but also from the loved ones or the family members, because oftentimes they will see it first before the person who is struggling. And we see that in all addiction. Sometimes it's, it's seen by the loved ones or the close family members. And gambling is one of those addictions where you can't test positive on a urine screen, right? You're not going to pee dice if someone gave a gambler a urine test, right? And you're yeah, not going to have, right? It, I haven't seen it yet. So. Well, I mean, it would be great if we can do that, but you may be, may be, as a loved one, beginning to see all of the bills that are coming in overdue, where maybe the electricity mm -hmm. is going out. Dr. Pat, have you had, ever had a gambling problem? Do you have a gambling issue? You know, no. I, I mean, I'm one of these lucky people that have had just about every other, you know, <laughs> thing we've talked about. But gambling for me was always very interesting. And uh, I have to say I started at a very young age. And what I mean by that is, you know, what kind of family are you raised in? So if you're raised in a family like mine, where the relatives come over and the first thing you see are a bunch of cigars, a bunch of Zambuca, alcohol, right? And then pinochle and money. So that's like, you know, your daddy's girl, you're running around the table, certainly not going to get a hit off the cigar from daddy that night. But you do get to run your finger in the Zambuca and you never quite understand the gambling part. But later on in life, what, what got really interesting, I was in relationship with somebody that was, if I look back now, I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to to, to what, what is it, assess another person, you know, but if I look back now, uh, are you going to the racetrack at an age that you shouldn't be going into Yonkers on a school night? And, you know, are you in relationship with somebody that cannot not go? That cannot not go. Right. And this is That's before it. online betting, but cannot not go. So I love the racetrack. I love the trotters. I love, you know, I mean, I grew up in that environment and I'm highly intuitive. So I would win a lot. What would happen with me is they dragged me to the track. Well, you were the good luck charm. Yeah. So <laughs> I built up this immunity because I hated to go to the track and have that responsibility. Uh, you know, there was a point in time in my life where I thought maybe I did. You know, there was a point in time where the casinos opened in Jersey, right, Dan? And, you know, I would watch myself. But I got a question for both of you. What is the relationship between gambling addiction and alcoholism? Is there one? What is, what is the numbers on what You know what I'm asking you? Yeah. It's like I was reading a story about Ben Affleck. Um, and I've been following Ben because I care about Ben and his journey and what he's done and his struggles. And I just wonder about the relationship between each of those. Yep, Damn. we typically see a strong connection between certain activities. And alcohol and, and nicotine dependency are two that we often see connected with gambling. It's estimated that 60% of people with a gambling disorder also have an alcohol use disorder. And approximately the same percentage of people also have a nicotine dependency. So you start looking at those connected behaviors and, you know, Dr. Pat, I'm thinking back, if you were to take a trip in person to the to the racetrack or to the casino, you frequently will see someone who's wagering or betting on horses or slots or table games having a cocktail in their hands while they're gambling 
or at the track smoking a cigar or a cigarette or a pipe as they're reading the racing program. And you look at these connected behaviors and you know that matters so much because when we're talking about the other end of addiction, which is recovery, what are we doing in our recovery life so that the addiction no longer fits in? But if we're maintaining these connected behaviors, if I stop gambling, but I continue to drink and smoke, am I at risk for return to use? I would think so. You know, I I, and I mentioned Ben Affleck, one of the comments he made that stuck on, it's like, a, I pull out this quote and I give it to a lot of ladies I work with. He talks about compulsive behavior. He's, I think his quote was, people with compulsive behavior, and he says, I'm one, you know, have a kind of basic discomfort all the time. They're trying to make stuff go away. And he talks about the fact you're trying to make yourself feel better eating, drinking, sex, gambling, shopping, whatever it is. But in the end, it makes your life worse. And that statement is so telling because isn't that why we're doing the show today? Yes, absolutely. To point out how this kind of compulsive behavior kind of snowballs. I mean, it's really a snowball effect. And and look, I'm just like you, Dr. Pat. My dad, you know, my dad played Pinochle. Mom played Mahjong. It was all in fun. It was all for money. Dad was at the track every Saturday night. I was learning how to read a racing form. And, you know, and if you get into that point, just like we do with alcohol or drugs, where you want more and more and more and more and you have a propensity for that addiction it's very very easy just like ben affleck would say to pick up a myriad of other addictions <laughs> i mean it's just what what our brain lends itself to doing and dan you said something very interesting you said 60 percent of those addicted to gambling may very well also have a substance abuse addiction and in some ways, that's hopeful because if we can understand the addictive brain and learn how to get our um, substance abuse addiction in remission and, re- and in recovery, then we realize that we have to work on our other process addictions as well. Agreed. And it, and it comes down to treating the whole person. You know, I was at a conference back in 20, I'll say 2017. It's called CADCA, which is the Community Anti-Drug Coalitions of America. They have a national conference pre-COVID every year at National Harbor in February. And there was a doctor there who one time made a statement that stuck with me. And he said, the end goal of treatment is a sustainable and meaningful long-term recovery. And obviously what's sustainable and meaningful differs from person to person. But if we're not treating the whole person, how do we have a meaningful and sustainable long-term recovery? We have to move people from just surviving to thriving. And that's a key component of addressing all of the factors at play. A person might have an addiction to gambling, alcohol. They also might have a mood disorder, depression, mental health issue. Was that triggered by the alcohol and the gambling or was that pre-existing and they're using the others as coping mechanisms? So it's a, it's, you know, addiction is biopsychosocial. It stems from so many different places that we have to really look at the whole picture. So if somebody wanted to reach out to to 1-800-GAMBLER, what kinds of help would they receive? What could you tell them? Sure. So 800-GAMBLER is a referral helpline. Oftentimes people call 800-GAMBLER and they see that we offer help. So we'll take phone calls at times from someone who's in debt and they need a loan for $5,000. I say that's not the type of help that we offer. We're not, we're not here to help bail you out. We're here to help provide resources. Uh, 
the names of clinicians, those who are certified gambling counselors. Uh, we refer people to the 12-step recovery rooms of Gamblers Anonymous or other recovery resources yeah. uh, because there's many paths to recovery. All roads lead to recovery. And then we'll also kind of point people recently since COVID, there's a wonderful website that's really being utilized called gamblersinrecovery.com. It's a centralized link with a list of all Zoom meetings all around the globe. And these are meetings that are GA sponsored and non for both the gambler and the loved ones. That's amazing. So what you're saying is what you've said to recap is that there are maybe three kinds of gamblers, the social gambler, which, as you said, about 90 percent of us are. And then maybe the problem gambler, which is someone that maybe is losing a little bit more than they intended. And maybe they're starting to lie a little bit and they're starting to spend a little more than they wanted to spend. And then you categorize a problem gambler as a disordered gambler. Is that correct? Talk a little bit about more about what that means and what that looks looks like. Absolutely. So as we move along the continuum of someone who starts to develop a problem with their gambling, the clinical definition, the clinical diagnosis would be disordered gambling. And that was brought around in 2013 in the diagnostic manual, uh, essentially the Bible for mental health and, and illnesses and issues that people deal with. So there's a diagnostic code. So it's a diagnosable condition. And roughly 2 to 3% will suffer with gambling disorder. And gambling disorder is where you start looking at the preoccupation, the isolation, the continuing despite the negative consequences. So full-blown gambling disorder is almost the extreme form of someone who's starting to develop the problem and it's now manifest itself as it continues into a really severe issue. And that's where you start to see potential for job loss, relationship loss, maybe a loss of uh, time spent with loved ones, loss, some mental health issues can also start to develop, maybe depression or anxiety. So that's where you really wanna understand what are the nine factors, what are, which ones of the nine factors is the person suffering from? And there are questions that a person can ask of themselves to identify how severe is this really getting. That's where working with a professional can really, really help. Is there any correlation between this disordered gambling and suicide rates? Mm. There are. We, we do note the nature of gambling disorder lends itself to having higher attempted suicide and suicidal ideation. And, and, you know, you, people will ask, well, why is that, right? What is it about gambling that would lend itself to having higher rates of suicidal thought, attempt, and completion? We have to remember that, that gambling is based on an intermittent reward schedule. And early on, whether Dr. Pat or Ellen or myself, we learned that every so often we actually win something and it feels really good. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you anchor that, right? It's the dopamine yeah. that gets released feels great. I just picked the winning horse at Yonkers or the Meadowlands. I want to do that again. And over time, most people can, can kind of manage that. Okay, I was lucky or it's not the norm. For someone who doesn't process gambling normally, they're not going to think of it that way. They're going to start thinking of it as 
wow, that felt really good. And I want to feel good again. I want to avoid that negative state that I'm in. And I want to feel good. So they know that they're going to win every so often. They just don't know how much, how often, or when it will occur next. And they will spend the days, weeks, and months chasing that feeling. Gambling is not a money issue. It's an emotional issue. And it's that dopamine flowing, right, Dr. Pat? It's chasing that high, right? We can relate to that, no? Well, and what it is is, and let's talk about this again, what it is also is that we now understand, and to take Ben Affleck's words, we've never been in a time in the world, by the way, where people have been at the same level, uh, close, very similar levels of pain, right? You know, we're, this is the first time. This is new territory. Maybe if you want to go back three or 4,000 years, maybe. But then they didn't know it. Um, but we are living in a time now where we're looking at people experiencing levels of pain around an external scenario that has causes their internal world to implode. And we are going to try to find the comfort that we need to find. Now, what's the most easily accessed? Online booze and buying it and online gambling. There's never been more of a forum for people to do that. Everything from Bitcoin gambling to, uh, I mean, there's just so much, right? And it's easy um, to hide too. It's easy to, oh my, yeah. How hard is it to hide? How hard is it to hide a lottery ticket? So when you talk <laughs> to people, Dan, I want to ask you this because this is one of those things. People don't think, oh, lottery ticket. No, I'm not on an addiction. I don't have an addiction because there's a line that get crossed. There's once in a while you're 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 the person. I got to buy my weekly lottery ticket. Okay, but when you go from I got to buy my weekly lottery ticket to I've just spent half of my rent on lottery tickets, it's an issue. Can we talk about that behavior? Because when it comes to gambling, gambling is a behavioral, but it's also hits your pocketbook. And when things like that hit your pocketbook and you find yourself at the $5,000 poker table and you don't make $5,000, it's an issue. Can you talk about that? Because that's the pathway, that's the road that you go down that you cannot return back from unless you really hit the bottom and ask for help. You know, and that's such a loaded statement and so accurate. That's almost a show in and of itself because there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many paths. There's so many uh, tributaries along that pathway because it goes from the marketing, right? Let's, let's first take a look at marketing and, and how you start to develop these, these ideations that okay, I've won in the past, I will win again. It's that pronoun that a person starts saying, I will win my money back from the casino or from the lottery. They get very possessive about it. It's no longer a fun form of entertainment where you just give some money away and you've tried and now you move on to something else. There almost becomes this, this uh, connection. It becomes this, this lover for some people who struggle with it. We know addiction is a relationship. You have a, re a defunct relationship with this other entity that will love you and hate you at the same time. And you don't know how to abandon the behaviors or the relationship. So when someone is spending that money on lottery and they might justify it all day long, I've won in the past, 
I had a friend who won. I'll stop when I get my money back. But what we know over time is that people do things to avoid pain, right? Oftentimes, human nature is to avoid pain and try to experience pleasure. So we live at a vulnerable time. There's a lot of pain. I agree with you, Dr. Pat. This is a very unique time. And people are using technology. They're using alcohol to escape that negative mood state that we talked about before. And they're experimenting. You know, human, we love to experiment. We love to be curious. Our curiosity is peaked on new things, which is all great. But the financial burden that's left behind from someone who has gambled a lot of money, not to mention the loved ones and family members, they're left in the dark oftentimes. And they don't see it. Gambling has the highest financial distress of all the major addictions. Because typically someone uses money to gamble. Now, you don't have to use money, but that's what people most frequently will use. So it's this compounding effect of, I want to get the money back. Now I'll get myself even. And you're just chasing. There's that chasing again, chasing that feeling. And it's starting to develop negative consequences. Well, whether people are gambling for money or some kind of valuable object, it is something that one has to risk losing, and that loss can be devastating. So we have to ask ourselves the most difficult questions. I mean, you know, uh, on the 800Gambler website, you can ask yourself, you can take a little quiz and find out if you have any real difficulties about gambling. And also gambling in ways that we still have to talk about. And we're going to do some more of that when we come back. But Dan, I was flabbergasted when you told me the other day that a lot of the hotline calls you're hearing about are things like day trading and sports betting, video gaming. And I really want to go into that because people don't even realize that's not, you know, that's part of the whole disordered gambling situation. And it's not just sitting in front of a slot machine or or playing the ponies, so to speak. Right. There's much more to it, isn't there? There's the psychology of gambling is popping up across across so many different areas of entertainment that our children consume that, that we consume as adults and that our family members and even parents consume. And it's that concept of, of trying to win something where there's risk or uncertainty and how that feels to the body physiologically and the chemicals that are produced, that's the hook. It's the unknown. It's that, wow, it feels great, let me do it again. And that's popping up, Ellen, to your point, in video games. You know, um, I just did a webinar last week on day trading and gambling and the connection. And we're starting to see similar behaviors. Day trading is not recognized or regulated as a form of gambling, but we have to look at the behaviors that are associated with it. It's so vital. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about this when we come back, right? Because these are the contemporary versions of what old school back in, I'm going to go join the poker game in the back of Joey's grocery store. (laughs) You know, these are the contemporary versions and are so accessible all the time. When we come back, right? Not only do I want to ask you about this, but I would like to talk about the fact, how do these new digital formats affect an individual's life? And what do I mean about it? Can you actually do a job and be online and gamble at the same time. How does that work? 
Alan, lots to talk to about. To this will be great. Absolutely. I can't <laughs> wait to come back, Dan. Stay with us. All right, great, everybody. You. Let's take a shorty. We'll be right back. Caring for someone with a life altering diagnosis? You are a care hero. Navigating the unfamiliar options can be overwhelming, but you are not alone. Tune in to a cup of comfort with me, Trish Laub, twice monthly on Transformation Talk Radio. Let me guide you through your care hero journey by providing actionable information on how to care for a loved one in need. For more information about me, visit trishlaub.com. That's trishlaub, L-A-U-B as in boy, dot com. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait, get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx on transformationtalkradio.com. How to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Are you ready to shift your life into overdrive and stop wasting your time? If so, then I want to invite you right now to the Body Regeneration Online Academy with me, Tracy L. In a world filled with so much information, you can get overloaded and confused, left feeling like you've tried everything and still no results. If this is you, then this platform is for you to help you step into your power, your intuition, and gain clarity. You will learn simple tools that you can use as you walk down the street. And I will teach you how to grow a stronger connection to the God consciousness. Imagine having me as your coach, shifting you, uplifting you, empowering you every week. And most of all, helping you stay connected so you can navigate your life's journey with ease and grace. Nothing will be able to get in your way. Plus, you will have a community filled with souls just like you to pick you up when you fall down and support you on your wins. No one can go this journey alone. If you are ready for your live activations, check me out at tracylclark.com and join the TLC Body Regeneration Online Academy now. 
This is Ellen Stewart, the Pushy Broad from the Bronx. I am here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Pat, and we are doing Recovery Recharged with our guest, Dan Trolero, who is the the Assistant Executive Director of the Council on Compulsive Gambling in New Jersey. We're having an amazing conversation about what is current, what's going on through COVID-19, and most of all, what constitutes a social gambler from a disordered gambler. And now we're going to take a look at some of those um, particular process addictions that we don't even think of, like video gaming and day trading and sports betting. So, Dan, let's talk about that a little bit and maybe the difference between legal and illegal gambling around all of these things. Let's talk about that. Sure. So so what we've seen, we can let's start with New Jersey, with the state of New Jersey. There's many forms of legal gambling. And we have, whether it's sports betting, internet wagering, horse racing, lottery, casino, we have various forms of legalized gambling. But then you have those that are not really technically gambling, but you have the same response in the body. You have that excitement, that euphoria, feels really good. And the behaviors that go along with a gambling-like activity. And it will shock people to know that we receive helpline calls not just from people struggling with legalized gambling, but also people who struggle with day trading, as we talked about before the break, video game addiction, fantasy sports contests. We even have people who have called once or twice, not very common, about extreme couponing, right? So something where there's this, yeah, Helen got excited for that one. Oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) Keep going. it's a way that where people don't know what their issue is, their concern, they start to recognize, hey, this is a problem, but I don't know what my problem is. Speaking specifically to video gaming and day trading, as we mentioned before, that's not technically defined or regulated as gambling. However, as the games are being made in video games, or as someone's following the stock market so intently as a day trader, the preoccupation, right? they both can lend themselves to developing problems. It could be problems of spending too much time, too much money. With video games, parents might receive a a charge on their credit card statement for in-game purchases. You know, my child just spent $500 purchasing prize crates or loot boxes as they're called. What are these things? And what the parents need to know is that if your child is spending money on prize packs or loot boxes, that's a gambling mechanic. It's not gambling, but it looks and feels like it because they're spending money in hopes of trying to win something of value where there's risk or uncertainty. That's the essence of gambling. And that's why parents need to be aware of these things. Exactly. And you said, too, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win money in return, but they're going to win something in return. They're going to, you know, get to the end of the game or win the, you know, the golden crown or whatever. It's that fantasy world of of the adrenaline going and, and the feeling of I have to win, I have to get through. You know, on top of which, what you said is really very, very telling about these other um, uh, these other process addiction. How much time are you spending in that preoccupation? These are the questions you need to be asking. And these are the questions you need to be asking the people around you. If your son or daughter is upstairs all day long, 
doing playing video games constantly and not socializing, not getting out there, not doing schoolwork, or if your husband or wife is spending so much time sports betting or day trading, it doesn't matter if they're winning or losing anything. The hours of time make it an addiction. Wouldn't you say, Dr. Pat? You know, I think that there it's twofold uh, for me when I think about it. I think you're absolutely right, the hours and time. And this really gets back to the question that I, I was asking before the break. Um, and that is, you know, uh, an, as, an, as, an as, aspect of behavior that feels so normal to you that you can't see it. And when you start to have these uh, outposts of behavior, uh, look, I'm going to jump to a different topic. Uh, I'm going to jump to a different idea, but the same topic. I don't know, it, with all my years of recovery and addiction and helping people and Ellen, right, some of the things we've done, I am at a loss about cell phone addiction. We're not going to cover it today, but I'm telling you, online gambling is the same. And here's why it's the same for me, because it feels so normal. Now, let me just, let me just, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to give people the wrong idea. Not normal, everybody. <laughs> gambling online, like when you're supposed to be like doing your job, that is not a normal event. Right. But it's not like getting high on drugs, like, oh, or I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm drinking myself to death and you know I'm drinking because I can't talk. It's like your persona, you get to stay just like the Dan persona. Ellen stays like the Ellen. I stay like the Pat unless things go wrong. And that's when you see the change. Isn't that one of the greatest challenges when we're talking about gambling addiction? Because we don't gamble too much and slur our words. Right. No, you know, one of the, go ahead, go ahead. Well, in the same token, I hear what you're saying. Okay, it doesn't affect our um, our brain maybe in that way, and it doesn't affect our health in that way. But but Dan, I'm sure you've seen some major devastation. I mean, you talked about suicide rates before, and maybe we're not drinking ourselves to death, but maybe we're losing our homes or maybe losing our family. You know, I mean, there must be a devastation point that you have seen many times as how serious this can get. Yeah, and, and, and I, I want to talk about actually along this line, some of the stages as to how it gets to be so bad. But, but going back to the point about the normalization, I'm reminded of a video that the British Broadcasting Corporation put out a number of years ago where they placed a gambler inside an MRI scanner and they took a look at his brain as he was gambling on a roulette wheel. And what they concluded from looking at the brain activation was that it wasn't just the winning that mattered but it was also the anticipation and the participation. So for gambling, what makes it so unique, and I agree with you, Dr. Pat, that you know when you look at cell phone, technology, these are process addictions. Gambling falls along the same line because it has nothing to do about the win, about getting that like on Instagram, about having someone comment on social media. It's about the act of participating in the process and then anticipating, will people like this? Will I win a next bet? So there's this brain activation going all along this process. And as you start to go down this, this path and you start normalizing it, right? That's a very loaded word, normal. You normalize it 
maybe it's normal to me. I've been 11 and a half years since my last bet. So for me, 11 and a half years ago, before that, it was normal to wake up every day. And That's gamble, what I'm saying. Right now, when you create a life where gambling no longer fits in, it's the most foreign thing to me to look backwards and say, how the heck was that ever normal? But that's the stages that we talk about. Because for most people, gambling starts off as a fun, enjoyable experience. We yeah. talked about it at the top of the show. You win. You have fun. It's not creating problems in your life. Then you start losing. And, you know, now you're, just, now you're, you're reminded of a time when you used to win. And you'll start thinking, okay, well, I'm in a losing streak. I'll get it back. And maybe you start to tell some, some white lies or some, you know, whatever. You're, you're starting to make excuses, justify your actions. Then it gets down, it can start to get to the desperation phase where now you're telling bigger lies, asking for loans. You're starting to not go to work. You're starting to call in sick more, right? If you're a student, your grades are starting to drop. Maybe you're not showing interest in other activities that you previously enjoyed. And it's when that starts to happen and it continues, you get to that critical phase at the bottom, the phase where you're most vulnerable, where you're really experiencing a lot of negative consequences. And that's the pivot point. What do I do? Do I continue on this path or do I start to look for another opportunity, a better way of living? And, and honestly, you hear it in the rooms. People come to help when they get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Oh my God, I got, a, I got a message in Skype from somebody in Hawaii I hadn't heard from in a really long time. And you just reminded me of this because I was like almost clicked on the link. I almost clicked on the link. And this is what the seduction is. Can we talk about the seduction of gambling? There is, Absolutely. it's seducing. Why is it? We see it. We see Vegas. We see people, we see people having fun. But there is something else underneath this new digital form that is not as glamorous, but equally seductive. So I get this email and this is the latest craze. Did you know that there are over 100,000 new Bitcoin millionaires daily? <laughs> you want he to be 100,001. He had me at millionaire. <laughs> right. Okay, but right, because this is the hook. Yeah. And then we go on and it says, if you're like most people, you probably feel like you missed the boat. These, this is the one, two punch yep. of gambling addiction for me. Yep. All you need a friend to say is you missed the million dollar walk <laughs> through the door at casino XYZ family gets a week. You missed it. Yep. Are you going to go next time? Can you talk about that seduction? Because it doesn't get talked about enough. And by the way, you mentioned students. We, we could do a whole show on what's going on with students right now. 100%. Okay. Tell me 100%. about seduction. You know, seduction is interesting. You know, Dr. Lori Rubel, who's, who's very well known in the field of gambling addiction and recovery and in, in the clinical circles, once said that, you know, gambling has the power to change someone's life. In the blink of an eye, in an instant, it can take you from having nothing to having seemingly everything. It can take you out of poverty. It can, it can make you matter. If you feel as if your life doesn't matter or you don't matter in the eyes of those in your circle, all of a sudden you become important and relevant. So it does have that power of seduction to, how do you say, put you on the map of mattering. And, and I connect that to young people today when, when they are so laser focused on mattering, right? The, the concept of I'm not blank enough 
that just carries over all the time. You know, I'm not rich enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not powerful enough. I'm not loved enough. So it's that concept of I'm not blank enough that carries over into adulthood that is seductive. Somebody might say, oh, okay, I had a rough childhood. My job stinks. I'm going to hit this lottery. I'm going to win the mega millions, the Powerball, whatever it is, right? I'm going to matter. It's going to make me feel really important. It's going to make me feel good. But, but here's what people don't understand is that when we see that glamorized on TV, that's not the norm, as we said before. That's the exception. And that's what gets marketed. I want to be very clear. Our agency, the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, is neutral on gambling. We're not for gambling. We're not against gambling. Our mission is to help those who suffer with an addiction to gambling, as well as the loved ones. So I want to be very clear on that. I know for myself, I'm against gambling for me, because that's all I can control. But if you, Dr. Pat or Ellen, said, I'm going to go spend a dollar on a lottery ticket, okay, go ahead. You know, it's a social form of entertainment for many Americans and many people around the globe. So it wouldn't be really make sense for me to go out and say, no, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Balance and moderation are key and understanding what it is that you're doing, understanding odds, yeah. the, the lack of a likelihood to really win. I will add, people call our 800 gambler helpline. Give out that number again, Dan, please. 800 Gambler. They'll call the 800 Gambler helpline 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will point you in the right direction for re referral services to a clinician or a meeting. But when people call, they'll say, I don't gamble. I just play lottery five times a week. And if I take the call, I say, hold on a second. You just said you don't gamble, but you play lottery. And they say, yeah, well, that's not really gambling because I'm not going to yeah. win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that'll kind of launch us into a conversation. <laughs> But what we're talking about here today is so really vital and vitally important. Ellen and I have done a lot of shows. I'm not anti-alcohol. I'm not anti-drinking. I'm not anti, well, I got to I gotta hold my breath here on marijuana for a minute. <laughs> hold my breath because- That's fair. Yeah. People don't call me. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you work with ladies, you work with women and you make a statement like I'm not anti-marijuana and you know, forget it, you'll lose all your sponsees. But the <laughs> point, the point is, that I'm trying to make is there's a point by which you cannot control yourself. It's called the addictive brain. It yeah. It's called the addictive brain. It doesn't matter what it is. And you know, gambling like that about the lottery ticket, that's a beautiful example. It's like the woman that said to me the other day, I, I don't really have a problem, Pat. I mean, what's the problem? I just keep the gummies out on the counter. And just before I get in the car to go to work, I throw a couple of gummies in. What's it? I mean, come on. What's the matter? They're a couple of gummies, right? And I'm like, like, how many kids do you have? You keep your gummies on the counter. Are you well, like, what? Well, we can't see it, Dan, Ellen. Please help us understand how we can see ourselves better. Yep. Dan, I think you're absolutely right. And all of the phases that you were describing before, Dr. Pat and I can certainly relate to. I mean, the winning phase, the losing phase, the desperation phase, the critical phase. I think we've done that a lot of times in our lives. <laughs> the hit bottom phase. Oh, my God. The feeling that everything is wonderful until it's not. 
okay? It was really astute in what you said about that seduction because no matter what, you are absolutely right because gambling and winning that money is part of our culture. And it's not only the video gaming and the day trading and the sports betting, but look at our TV shows. Look at Let's Make a Deal. Look at The Price is Right. Look at all of the game shows where money is the object. I mean, even shows like Jeopardy that we love and admire and, and, and we, we go towards. I mean, one of the reasons why it's so seductive and exciting is because there's money at the end of it. There's a prize at the end of it. Yeah. So it, it lends itself to our entire culture. So, and there's uncertainty too. And there, yes. you know, Deal or No Deal is a show that I use as a reference point a lot for sports betting because across the nation, sports betting is expanding on a state by state basis. And when you have the ability to wager on a sporting event, it's no longer just waiting for the outcome of the game. It's now during the game, placing multiple bets throughout the game. And the oftentimes the sportsbook operator will give you the opportunity to close your bet early if you yeah. want to lock in your money. So it changes the concept of gambling to almost a form of skillful money management and a way to manage your bankroll. It takes the emphasis off the gambling because they'll give you an offer. You can either choose to take the deal or keep pressing on, right? And that's the concept of deal or no deal. We're seeing it embedded in culture and it's it's normalized to do those things it does and it certainly does bring out the addict in all of us could you talk for a few minutes about the differences maybe in demographics is it different for a for a man to look at gambling differently from a woman or a youth than a senior talk about that a little bit oh sure yeah we, we always try to tailor our prevention programs and our ads within the state of new jersey around different demographics. So if we're talking about a male gambler, we're really looking at someone who's a who's an action type gambler, someone who prefers to participate in games of skill or card games like poker, blackjack, sports betting, horse racing. And when I say these are traditionally done, this is not an absolute because I've known many females who are also sports gamblers. These are just general starting points. A female tends to be more of an escape gambler a passive form of gambler, scratch, for, scratch off lottery tickets, slot machines. Maybe the female gambler is gambling because there's an emotional issue they don't know how to quite deal with or they don't want to deal with it. And so they'll gamble as a way of escaping the issue instead of facing it head on. And when you start looking at uh, different uh, demographics such as seniors, uh, whether it's older adults or teens, Older adults oftentimes will develop gambling problems as a result of boredom, life event changes, uh, death of a spouse, perhaps, um, pension plan. They have access to resources, but they have limited earning capacity in the later years. So that's a real big concern when you have an older adult as a problem gambler. They don't have the ability to, to maybe go out into the workforce as easily as someone younger might have, right? And then as we go to the other end of the spectrum, when we talk about youth, Youth gambling is a real huge concern right now. And I say that because they're normalizing the experience through social media, through YouTube, through parent involvement. They're getting so much. They're sponges. That, that developing brain is learning so much. And for them to experiment, we did a quick, real quick, we did a survey with Seton Hall University. And the, the youth that we interviewed did not see sports gambling as a form of gambling. 
They saw it as an easy way to make money or a fun time with friends. So we have to be on point with our marketing efforts, depending on the demographic. Did I read someplace that you've seen gambling as young as kids that are, say, 10 or 11 years old? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had a number of cases. I, I had a firsthand experience. I went into a school in one of the counties in New Jersey, fifth grade classroom, and it was a teacher who had invited me in because there was some gambling going on in the bathroom. And it was an inner city location. And when I walked in the classroom, there was a young man sitting in the front row without any sneakers on. And I said, you know, my friend, where's your sneakers? And he said, I lost them. And I said, you want me to help you look for them? So I started looking underneath the desk. I'm looking around and I knew what he meant, but he said, no, I lost some gambling. He was shooting dice in the bathroom yeah. and he lost his sneakers to the kid in the back. And I said, what are you going to tell your mom? And he said, I'll just tell her I got beat up like I did last time it happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But look, I grew up in an environment in New York where I grew up in the Bronx. And, you know, Joe Maggio, tutorist down, dad, had a nightclub. And we would spend, as a young age, going over to his garage. And he had mini roulette wheels, Right. I mean, you were walking into a mini casino in his garage. That was my first introduction to learning how to play poker. Um, but I could walk out of there and be done. If you walked out of Joe, if you, and I'm telling you, we're like 10 years old now, right? If you walked out of Joe's garage and he wasn't done at 10 years old, 11 years old, you would watch a change in behavior. And that is what happens to us when we get older. You could see the change in behavior. God forbid you have a blackout in Vegas or a blackout with no backup generators in Land City. And isn't that what we're trying to say? Watch the signs. Watch the signs. Watch the signs. And we saw it when, when COVID hit. We noticed the phone calls that were related to people struggling with sports betting. When sports betting stopped as a result of COVID, we started seeing an increase in people experiencing gambling problems from internet gambling and then the day trading. It was other activities that were similar to sports betting. Day trading and sports betting have a lot of similarities in terms of the preoccupation, the, the blinking lights, locking in those profits, et cetera. But the internet gambling was the accessibility that we talked about before. Anything you can do on a mobile device that can still give you that feeling of escape or action. Well, just like this program talks about recovery from alcohol and substance abuse, we also talk about the distinct possibility of recovery when it comes to gambling addictions and other process addictions. So, Dan, we, have, we just have a couple of minutes left. Can you talk a little, just a little bit about the rebuilding, the growth, and the recovery phase so that people out there understand that you can recover, recover from a gambling addiction? Absolutely. And yeah, we believe that all, all paths lead to recovery. So the first thing is, is getting honest. It's at that vulnerability stage of admitting to a close loved one, someone you trust that you, you have a problem, right? Finding someone who has your best interest in mind, whether it's a, a family member, a pastor, a close friend, and then starting to have an open, honest conversation with that individual, taking a good hard look at maybe some of the harms that you've caused yourself or others, I always encourage people to seek counsel from outside sources. Get a gambling counselor in the state or the country in which you live. Look to attend a meeting. Jump on a virtual meeting at gamblersinrecovery.com. Check out that website. And then go through the path such that you're creating a new life 
where gambling no longer fits in. You've been listening to Recovery Recharged with Certified Life and Recovery Coach Ellen Stewart, pushy broad from the Bronx. Don't miss your next opportunity to let me help you recharge your recovery, let go of your secrets, and change the way you think, feel, and act right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com.